This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God for another evening, another time to be together sharing God's Word. Get your Bible, get your neighbors. We're about to discuss something very crucial, something very serious tonight. And we trust God by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. There will be transformation. We are talking about something very crucial. Sex, scandals, and the saints. Sex outside marriage will always lead to scandals. And saints must beware. Let's pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open our eyes to see. We ask, Lord, that you speak in a way that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl will understand what you are saying. Thank you for the transforming power of your word. We receive grace to minister by the abilities supplied by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. This is something that we need to talk about. And this is a subject matter that the Bible says a lot about. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 5 as we start this evening. Now, Apostle Paul wrote and he said, It is reported commonly. If he had said that it was reported, it would have been good enough. Paul said, reported commonly. It became a common practice. So it is not a new thing. What? He said that there is fornication among you. Then he went on to describe the one that was not even common. But then in verse 9, Apostle Paul says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep company with a fornicator. He said, I wrote an epistle to you that you should not keep company with someone that's, an, that's a fornicator. And then, now we are using this word fornication to talk about sexual immorality. Sex outside marriage. And let's read on. Now verse 12. Now verse 11. But now I have written to you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, a covetous person, an idolater, a railer, a drunkard, someone that exalts, exalts people, with such one, don't even eat. Now, I am calling our attention to the importance that Apostle Paul attached to what we are talking about this evening. Paul did not say it's a small thing like some say today. We'll get to that in a while. He said that it's such a serious matter that I am saying that if need be, don't associate with a brother who is an immoral person. Why? Why? Why did Paul attach this level of importance to this stuff? Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now, these are scriptures from New Testament. Our generation must be helped. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll be saying a lot of deep things tonight. Now, the Bible says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that as you have received us, how you ought to walk and to please God. So you will abound more and more. He said, how to please God. Then verse 2. 
For you know what commandment we gave to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. A teacher once said, a New Testament has no commandments. Error. Now verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from fornication. Another church, Paul wrote to them again and said, this is the will of God. It is the will of God that you abstain from fornication. Now, verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessels in sanctification and in honor. Not in the lusts of this world, even the, as of the Gentiles who know not God. Now, he's saying this again here. Now, 1 Corinthians 10 is where we really want to start from. So, in fact, Paul said, I have written. It is commonly reported. And I'm saying that I once wrote to you not to keep company with anyone that is a brother who is a fornicator. Now, again, Paul is saying that this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When you listen to some people today, you wonder whether they are talking about a different Paul. First Corinthians chapter 10. Now the Bible says, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and were all passed through the sea. And then he went about in verse 8. Let's start from 7. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them were. The Bible said the people sat to eat, to drink, and they rose to play. Verse 8 is where I'm going. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Paul is referring to a very pathetic story here that happened in Numbers 23 and 24. Paul said that, I am saying to you, brethren, don't commit fornication like some did, and in one day, 23,000 people died. Which story is Apostle Paul referring to here? When you read Numbers 23 and 24, there is so much to see in that story. And then we go to 1 Corinthians 6. But then, Paul said something about this story. There was a prophet called Balak. Oh, thank you. And then, there was a king called Balak. For time, I might not open there. And the Bible says, Balaam tried to curse Israel and he could not. He went to the mountain. He raised seven altars and then he wanted sorcery to come. And then he ended up blessing the people three times. In chapter 24 of the book of Numbers, I think in verse 25, eventually Balaam went to his house without being able to curse the people. The story appeared then to have ended there until we saw in the book of Revelation and then in 1 Corinthians 10 that the story did not end there. If you read Numbers 25, as soon as Balaam, Balak's saga ended, something happened. The Bible says Israel joined itself to idols and they died. Now, what really happened is what I'm about to say. When Balaam could not place the curse on the people, he told Balak something. My generation, young and old, hear me. Balaam said to Balak, you cannot curse them from outside, but you can let them implode from within. Balaam actually gave an advice, being a prophet, but then a prophet already in the spirit of error. 
Then he said to Balak, you see, these people cannot be caused. But there is a way, there is a mechanism, there is a system. There is a way we can do it. Introduce your girls to them. When they do, they will fall by themselves. And the Bible says 23,000 people fell in one day. And Apostle Paul said, we should remember that story. For those who say, don't think about Old Testament. This is the Apostle of Grace. He said, we should remember that story. And what are we to learn from this? He said, do not let us commit fornication like some of them did. Now, I'm going to explain something deeper from here of what transpired. In that verse, in that Numbers 24, I think verse 17 precisely, Balaam, when he was about going, he began to say something. He said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There is coming a star out of Jesse. Balaam did not live physically till the time of Jesus or the age of the church that we are in now. But his name suddenly surfaced again in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 14. Jesus said, Revelation 2, 14, he said, you have those who hold on to the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel and to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. So Jesus started saying that the story in Numbers 24 did not end like that. Balaam ended up teaching Balak that you know what? You can cast a stumbling block before them by causing them to commit fornication to worship idols. And it worked perfectly. Now, let me start by saying this. Any teaching that says this does not matter, that does not matter, is operating the spirit of Balaam. Balaam cast a stumbling block. Jesus said, the old Balaam died of old. But the spirit of Balaam is still very much present in the church. And the spirit says two things. Or does two things. It teaches people to commit sexual immorality and idolatry. So anywhere you see a message that seeks to justify sexual immorality, you know where it's coming from, from the spirit of Balaam that is in the church right now. The second spirit that does such again is the spirit of Jezebel. Verse 20 says that Jezebel also taught people in the church, not outside the church. Now, it's good for people to understand that these things are happening in the church. So the error of Balaam is still here. And it manifests in two ways. Idolatry and sexual immorality. Hallelujah. This is... You just need to look through Old Testament and New Testament. Genesis 49. Jacob was about to die. And Reuben came forward. Oh. <laughs> and Jacob said, Reuben, you are the excellence of my strength and of my mind, my firstborn. He said, but as unstable as water, you shall not excel. He said, you went to your father's bed. Samson lost it. But thank God for a person like Joseph who ran. Because the Bible says, flee fornication. Let's read 1 Corinthians 6. And then we'll begin to get into some deep things about this stuff. Hallelujah. No matter what gives me this message, what they will not be able to say is that those things are not in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6. You know, it's so bad. Some years back, 
I wrote on Facebook, 1 Corinthians 8, let us not keep fornication. The first person that challenged me was a pastor who teaches grace in another way. He came on my page to challenge me that you guys, why do you teach the law? For quoting 1 Corinthians 10, 8. Now, the Bible says, are you with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. The Bible says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own soul. Now, let me say this to everybody listening. People say all sins are the same. They are right in a sense, but they are also wrong. Apostle Paul separated sins here. He put fornication on another pedestal. He said every other sin you commit without your body. He said, but when you come fornication, you will sin against your own soul. You know, even if you look at the effect of it on now, not before God, now on earth, you can lie against somebody and go and tell the truth and apologize. But if somebody uh, disverges somebody or impregnates somebody, apology cannot remove the pregnancy. That's why Paul said, I said, every sin. He said, but there is something about fornication. He said, flee. Now, here is the point. Don't stand when God asks you to run. And don't run when you are told to stand. So he said, flee fornication. Because the ripple effects, and I'm about to go to that in a while. Flee fornication. Paul did not say, don't worry, you will grow out of it. Oh, it's just a kind of Christian, with time it will grow. I hear those words today, and I challenge those who are saying it. Those are not statements from the Bible. Those are coming from the errors of Balaam. Paul did not say that I write on you that just maintain, with time you grow out of it. He said, flee, flee, like there is fire on the mountain, because there is fire on the mountain. Many have made a shipwreck of their ministry. On the laps of ladies. And the Bible is giving a warning that repeatedly Paul talked about this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hmm. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32. I deliberately started from New Testament. I want to read something. Proverbs 6, 32. Proverbs 6, 32 says, Hallelujah. Open there. But also committed adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroys his own soul. Exactly what Paul said. That you sin against your soul. Now the Bible says, if you do it, it means you lack understanding. Understanding of what? So when you see a person committing fornication or adultery, or any of the vices under the same umbrella. The Bible says, you lack understanding. Of what? Now, here is where I want to begin to challenge people. Part of the message is to help other people who are down to get up. And those who are indulging it to repent. Now, Jesus, see, the word repent is not what applies only to sinners. No, it applies to believers as well. Repent only means adjust your lifestyle, change, change, correct your error. The Bible says, he that do it, you will wreck your own soul. He said, you lack understanding. Understanding of what? Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, 22. There is a, a powerful scripture there 
where, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark 4, 22. Mark chapter 4, verse 22. I want us to read something from there. Jesus said this. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He had the spirit without measure. You can't classify everything he said under the Old Testament. He said some things to men under the Old Covenant. But the words of Jesus, they are eternal words. Now, the Bible says, for there is nothing in those who are watching me at home, a part of this, but I'm not, I'm not um, old enough or in any way to say this to pastors. But you see, I'm sent with this message and I have to share with my generation. A part of it, I will address ministers of gospel. I've seen things, I've counseled things. And I've been saved by the grace of God and I'm still being saved. Listen, for there is nothing in which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept, neither was anything kept secret, but it shall come abroad. This scripture shall make everyone to fear God. I'm saying to those who are watching, this is where, when we talk about scandals, when Reuben did it with his father's wife, he never knew that it would come to the open. The Bible says, he that committed adultery lacketh understand, understand of what? About three things. This is the first thing. That those who fall for this don't understand. They don't understand the fact that there is nothing hidden that will not come to the open. Can I say it again? There is nothing hidden that will not come to the open. So, a minister of God, you think you sleep with a girl, you tell her, don't tell anybody, and it ends there. A brother and a sister in the choir, or it's just between us. The Bible said there is nothing hidden that will not come out. Reuben was shocked as he got before his father. And the father said, Reuben, you are my firstborn. The beginning of my strength and my might. He said, but you are as unstable as water. You shall not excel. This must have been a reason because some of his brothers knew about it when he did it. It has a way of cheating people out of their inheritance. Because it will rob you of your confidence. That's why you can't do it in the open. They were about to sell Joseph. Reuben was the firstborn. If you read the story around the selling of Joseph, Reuben never wanted them to sell the guy, but he had lost his authority. This has undermined the authority of many ministers of the gospel. Reuben said, here is a pit, let's put him there. And the Bible said because he was thinking of coming to rescue the boy. You know in those days, firstborn carried double authority. Double portion must be given to firstborn. Reuben had enough authority to tell the rest as the firstborn. Are you crazy? We are not selling this guy. But he had so lost it that he started using style. Let's put him in pit. Bible says he was thinking that later he will come and remove. Firstborn. They were selling your brother and you could not say anything. Because they saw him when he did it. The Bible said that anybody who does his shame and dishonor will he get. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Jesus said, there is nothing hidden that will not come to the open. Now, here is where we are getting to the art of this message. Everybody listening to me. Now, listen very well. I'm speaking from my heart as it was downloaded to my spirits. There is nothing hidden that will not come to the open. How it will come to the open is always left to you. 
Jesus, if you choose God's method, mercy will prevail. If you choose your own method, it will become a mess. I know I'm talking to a leader somewhere listening to me. Why? As soon as David sinned, 2 Samuel chapter 12, God sent Nathan. Nathan gave a parable and in verse 7 he said to David, you are the man. And the Bible said, David said, around verse 12, I have sinned against God, I'm sorry. As soon as David was confronted, the first thing he said was to, that, no wonder God called him a man after his out. Oh, men and brethren, I've been a Christian for some years. I got born again very early in secondary school, about 27 years now. When believers are confronted, most people will first of all deny. Me? No. I'm not speaking to anybody though. Especially ministers. They will deny. No. God is so merciful that before it becomes a scandal, he will first of all send to you Nathan. Nathan is always your first remedy. After your conscience. No matter who you are as a believer, when you do something wrong, you will feel it that you've done something wrong. So the Spirit of God tells you that no, son, that shouldn't be the way. You can reject it and continue. God will send Nathan to you. Nathan represents those, he was a prophet that was covering David. Your own Nathan might be your wife, might be your spiritual father, might be your pastor, might be your HOD, might be a very close friend who prays a lot for you. Somebody picks it somewhere by the Spirit or they saw it. That something is going on in your life. They walk up to you. You either act like David or you do what most other men will do. You deny it. No, no, me. No, nothing like that. Man love to de deny because it's in the nature of man to hide from the truth. As soon as Adam fell, the first thing Adam did was to sow clothes. And when they saw God walking in the garden, you know, the Bible said that God is light. So as light was coming, they decided to hide. The same thing men are still doing nowadays. Between when I was in school till date, people have gotten into this. Many times once you ask them the first thing, instantly they first of all tell you a lie. They will say it's not true. Ah, no, no, it's not true. Ah, me, no, 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 it's not true. I, I, no, no, it's not true. Oh, she just came around. They just came around. We just talked. Nothing happened. It's not true. Because people think it dents their ego when they say the truth. Oh God. Nathan will be sent to you first. It can be an associate. You might not even like the way they are saying it. Sometimes it might be somebody who doesn't like you or you think he does not like you. And because you think that your truth will be out there. But remember, Jesus said there is nothing hidden that will not come to the open. But you have a choice in how you want it to come out. So it was between David and Nathan. Do you want it to come out between you and Nathan? When you reject Nathan, a few more people will know about it and come and meet you. You see, God does not violate his own principle. What he told us to do in Matthew chapter 18, if you start from verse 15, he said that if somebody sins, if your brother offends you, he said, go and tell him between the two of you. He said, if he listens, you have secured your brother. He said, if he does not listen, get two people or three to follow you. If he does not listen, he said, get the old church. Now, Jesus said something very deep. He said, if he does not listen to the old church, count him as a Gentile. The last phase, all the scandals I've read about of popular people, 
especially ministry. This is the painful thing. They had Nathan. They rejected Nathan. They had the church. They rejected the church. Listen to me. The Gentiles are not merciful. Gentiles represent Facebook, social media. They are not merciful. They will mess you up. Somebody's hearing me right now that this thing applies to. The Gentiles are not merciful. So God will also take you through that process. As the, as the sons of Eli, Ophni and Phineas, 4 Samuel chapter 2, they began to misbehave. God sent Nathan. Who was their Nathan? Their father. Eli called Ophni and Phineas. He said, I am hearing how you are stealing people's meat, the offering. And now you are sleeping with women in the temple. How? It's a terrible thing for a pastor to descend on members of the church. And I want to say this too. While I was praying, this dropped in my spirit. And I say without any fear, ladies who are listening to me, listen, if you are under a man who is doing this to you, go look for help. Walk away. No matter what. Now there are two things going on. Some is the weakness of the flesh, which is terrible. It, that doesn't excuse it. But in some other more terrible cases, some rituals are involved in some other places. Remember, there are many occulting practices in the church nowadays. Save your soul and run for your life. The Bible says flee fornication. The Bible understands what it's saying. I have spoken with some, some, I've heard of some cases where the ladies have, after being used by the man, they saw the man rising, why their own life started getting, that's the wickedness of a man. But why did you submit yourself? So Eli called Ophni and Phinehas. He was in Nathan. And he said that my sons, my sons, I'm hearing a bad report about you. But the Bible said they did not listen to their father. The next word, he said, because the Lord was about to kill them. He that is often rebuked. They said no. But you see, God is very nice. God is very kind. God is very merciful. He didn't stop with their father. In the same 1 Samuel chapter 2, look at the next thing. Another man of God. You see the principle Jesus outlined for us to reconcile. It was their father, that was Nathan. David, Nathan was enough for David. I hope there are Davids watching me this morning, or this evening, sorry, this evening, that wherever you are in your house, Nathan is enough for you. As I am speaking, you are already under conviction. Talk to your pastor or people that you can trust. But some will not listen to Nathan. Ophni and Phineas said no. Then God sent a man of God to them. He was not a member of their family. And the man said that, ah, Eli, your family will wreck with what they are doing. Then in chapter 3 of 4 Samuel, God sent a small boy, Samuel. After that, the Philistines killed the two of them and their father followed. God did not want the Philistines to do it. He sent their father Eli, sent a man of God, sent Samuel. After the third time, after the third stop, how many people have rejected Nathan, which is Eli, equal to Eli? How many people have rejected the man of God people sent to you? Usually from what I have seen, stories I've read, and the one I have been, I've had the opportunity of being invited to come and reconcile and talk with people. An associate saw it. Oh, went to meet the pastor. Please, sir. Girls are complaining. This, you are doing this. 
They are even saying, sir, kneeling down, pleading with him and saying that, sir. I saw in some cases, it's the wife who calls the husband, dear. Can you imagine the wife? He's even still kneeling down, begging the man. Dear, you are doing this. This is wrong. He denies. No, no, no. Who said all those who are against me in that church, they will die and all those things. You reject Nathan. But you say you can't quench the truth. Because you can't be stronger than Jesus. There is nothing hidden. Whatsoever you don't want to become a scandal, this is the only antidote. Don't do it. There is nothing hidden. And if you are done, see, God is merciful. Go cry for help. If God sent Nathan to you, open up to Nathan. And you know what? Don't even wait for Nathan to come by. Say, go look for Nathan. Often after now, I said, no way. And they perish. Anytime you read of scandals, God is merciful. Nathan came, they turned him away. God sent the second batch. Another man of God, maybe outside the church, outside the fold. We hear of it. We call the pastor. I remember talking about the case of one pastor that happened some years back. An elderly minister called him. He banged the phone on the guy. After some people within the church had told him. And it's a story that happened so many years ago. The next thing that happened was that all over the news everywhere. I am saying that because of Mark 4.22, there's nothing hidden. You either let it come to the open in the hands of, like David said, Lord, it's better I fall into your hand. Fall into the hands of those who are upholding prayer. But using both face and denying. Oh, I have seen when we're in school, how a certain sister denied for over six months. And when she was in a bad shape, then she called me again and said, you know, all the things you asked me that time, they were actually true. So I was like, so you suppose we will get to know and broadcast it. Why hide it? The most terrible thing is not what you have done. It's denying it and covering it up. That's the most terrible part. As soon as David said that, I am sorry, Nathan said, God also has put away your sin. Oh, how quick. The Lord can, the Lord can make you apologize, reconcile to the people you have offended and mop out the story from existence. Jehovah in his mercy can heal. Heal you, heal those people and correct the situation. He can make right wrong. He can command his light to shine out of darkness. But only when men open up, when women open up. But once you cover it, it continues to grow until you get to the hands of the quail. Oh, we not have mercy. Because justice must prevail. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, if we start from verse 30, it said, if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. The latter part says something about being condemned with the word. That the father chastises his own children so that they are not condemned with the word. God does not come down from heaven to whip you. He uses people who have his spirit to correct you. If you don't accept that kind of chastisement, 
what will happen is that you'll be condemned with the word. It is better to be chastised by the people who are the Spirit of God. Oh, that's what the Bible says. He said, Don't you know? That's as I said, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11 30. 1 Corinthians 11 30. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 31. Go to 31. Verse 31. If we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Verse 32. But when we are judged, we are, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. So anytime God sends people to you who know about what you are, it's so that you will not be condemned with the world. You can accept it or reject it. It will become scandalous when you reject the first offer of God's opportunity to bring you out. How many families have been wrecked? How many ministries have been wrecked? Jesus, now the Bible says, when we read that Proverbs 6, 33, 32 and 33, it says that he that committed adultery lacketh understanding. And the first one I just showed you. You do understand that there's nothing hidden that will not come to light. That's why you are covering it. You do understand. Of course, the rest are simple. You do not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he has a plan for your body. Also, you don't know what the Bible says. You see, the Bible says in that first Corinthians 10, verse 12, he that thinketh is standing. Ah, let him take it, lest he fall. It's, it's still in line with don't let them commit, let's not commit fornication like, like they did. It now ended by saying, he that thinketh is standing. The moment to overrate yourself, for instance, you go. If you need help, I'm saying it again, ask for help. When Peter was sinking, he cried and Jesus rescued him. I saw there that Jesus never rescued Peter until Peter cried. How many people are sinking watching, watching me? You are sinking and you are not crying for help. You are sinking, you are not crying for help. You are sinking, you are not crying for, crying for help. There must be somebody that God will use to uphold you. He that thinking is standing. That's the second thing that people. So, first of all, you don't know it to come to the open. Then people think they are standing. When you think you are standing, you start overrating yourself. Then you visit people you should not visit. You are alone in the house. A lady is saying, No, I can handle it. Like you did yesterday. Somebody almost kissed somebody or all those things yesterday. And the same person is coming to see you today alone. Why are you deceiving yourself and saying that you can handle it? Either thing, the moment you begin to think you are standing, or when you hear a message that says, Does it apply to me? The Bible says that take it, lest you fall. See, Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the last verse, he said, I put my body under, lest after preaching to many, I should myself should be a castaway. I put my body under. You can debate this. Maybe it's talking about some other things. But majorly it's talking about discipline itself away from sexual immorality. Because I put my body under. The same Paul was the one that said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
that every sin you commit, you commit without your body. And he places adultery or fornication on your body. So for him to be saying, I put my body under, he must talk in the same spirit. So Paul said that I discipline my body less after preaching to many. It's a warning for all of us that are ministers. It is possible to pray to many and be a cast away because of things done in the body. That's what he said. After preaching to many, he said, I put my body under. Paul did not overrate himself. He said, I put my body under. He got to a point, he realized, let him that think yet is standing. Let him take it. Now listen, Jude 1.24 says, unto him that is able to keep us from falling. Oh, what a beautiful scripture. I'm saying to everybody watching me at home, I've heard songs. It's very common from, uh, I mean, a lot of American songs talking about, uh, it will catch me when I fall. It will catch me when I fall. Uh, there's no shadow. It won't follow me. Then when I fall, I fall into his hand. But when will you stop falling? Because the Bible says, God, yes, it is true that it will raise you when you fall. But God can do beyond that. He can restore the falling. But he's also able to keep you from falling. So the Bible says, unto him that is able to keep you. He is able to keep you from falling. See, there are temptations all around us. The Bible says, we do not have an high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. Hebrews 4.15. And the Bible says, himself being tempted at every point yet without sin. Our perfect example. We have in the Bible three recorded temptations in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. But by revelation, Paul said that Jesus was tempted more than three times. He was tempted at every point. For him to be qualified to be our high priest and for that word to be correct, to be tempted at every point, it means Jesus faced all kinds of temptations, including sexual. But the Bible said the master never sinned. Temptations are everywhere. But it can keep us from falling. He is able to keep us from falling. He is able to keep us from falling. My last word to everybody. In that committed fornication, lack of understanding. Understanding of what again? They don't understand that Satan needs space to operate. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, give no place to the devil. In 2 Corinthians 2, 11, the Bible says that let Satan take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. He's an opportunist who seeks to take advantage. Give no place to the devil. It's a warning. It's a command. Give no place to the devil. It needs your permission to operate. How do we give place to the devil? Anytime you see somebody you are aroused, yet you want to go to his house or her house alone, one or two things Two, three things have happened between you and the person before. Yet you say it doesn't matter when you are alone together. Why don't you save yourself? Set boundaries around yourself till you are healed up. No matter how much you love a singer in America, who lives in America is an American. If you don't go to America, nothing will happen between the two of you. Because there's no place. That's why I say give no place to the devil. Many times, physically remove places. If it is easier not to call that number than to call, go there and say you will control what will happen when you get there. Why don't you control the easier one, not to call at all? 
If you can't control calling, talking, and saying, I'm coming to see you, you won't be able to control what will happen when we get there. Why don't you be honest with yourself? What you cannot undo, you cannot undo. Give no place to the devil. If you have serious problem emotionally, sexually, why having opposite sense as your prayer partner? Prayer will become something else. Why having opposite sense as your secretary? Why is it that the only person you confide in and tell personal things is your opposite? These are doors that people open. Give no place to the devil. The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. If we are, it will take advantage of us. You might have not set out where, uh, uh, intentionally to start doing something wrong. Maybe you are a minister watching. But it will start happening as you give place to the devil. You need to cut up. Don't give him place. Don't. Don't begin a friendship that can lead you to trouble. And should you start one and you see trouble come? Bible says the wife sees trouble and he hides his head. Cut it off. As people are listening to me right now, there are numbers you need to delete from your phone and bar them. There are some people you need to call them and say, you know what, I'm sorry for what has happened between us. It is over. And let it be over. Give no place to the devil. You can't be watching pornographic stuff. Watching porn. Excellent movies. And think it will have no effect on you. Then first Corinthians 10, 12 is talking to you that think you're standing. Take it. It will shock you. You see, emotion, our emotions, they are like somebody running 100 meters. None of them finishes on that line. They all cross the line. Because of what is called initial momentum, whatever physics we call it. Because as you begin to run, you gain momentum. And as you are running, when you get to the finishing line, you are going to all of them will cross the line, including the last person. They will all cross the line. Because you can't just get to the line and stop on the line. So when people say that, that's what is the borderline? It's a sex. Uh, but we can kiss and hug and romance and do every other thing. You might not know when you cross the line, when your emotion rises. Twenty-three thousand people fell. Years ago, I was a leader on campus. There are brethren who are not even in the faith again now. They were the champions of that message when we were on campus. The teaching of Balaam. It does not matter what you do with opposite sex, blah, blah, blah. And they made a shipwreck of their ministry. I learned that that message is all over campus again now. Listen to me. When a person tells you a believer is not condemned, it is very correct. Just make sure you follow the Bible. Also tell the person to tell you to flee where Paul said you should flee. Paul said, don't keep coming in fornicators. Your teacher is saying to you that you see just a kind of, don't worry. People. No. Obey the word, not a man. That's why I went through Pauline revelations. I didn't even go to Peter and the rest. Because these people tried to hang everything on Paul. I see Paul didn't say some other things. But we can see, I've shown you from God's word. I know this message will get to a lot of people. But you are seeing now. I have shown you what Paul wrote. We have seen it in God's word. What Paul said. Paul did not say it doesn't matter. Paul did not say they will grow with time, you know. Paul said flee. That's what he said. That's what the Bible teaches. 
you are strong. If you are born again, your spirit man is created after the likeness of Christ. No, you are a new man in Christ. And one of the fruits that your spirit is bearing now is called self-control. Galatians 5.23, self-control. Every Christian, everyone has it. You all have it. You have self-control. You can control what to say. You can control what you do. You can look at that number and say, this is not who I am. I'm deleting it. Yes. When we call ourselves overcome and we rejoice and we cannot overcome lusts. Of what benefits are bragging? Every Christian has the ability to say no because you have self-control as one of the fruits of the Spirit growing up in you. Oh, come and meet me. You can say no. No. Because you have self-control. It's a gift. Beauty of Jesus be seen in me. His wondrous compassion and purity. Sing it one more time. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen His wondrous compassion and purity. Jesus, I speak from my heart. He will always be with us if we do have power. There is nothing this white world can pleasure our food. There is peace and contentment in serving the Lord. I love him far better than in this of you. I'll serve him more truly than ever before. I'll do as he beats me, whatever the cause. I'll be a true soldier, I'll die at my post. Those were the songs we used to sing in scripture, you know. They are not very common anymore. We sing too much of when I fall, it will carry me. Whenever I fall, it will come for me there. It is true, but stop falling. I believe. I'm sent to share this. There may be a minister watching. It's a last call before something blows open. There might be a sister watching, a brother, a young boy, a young girl. I 
it's a call. Why don't you respond? For those who want to send me a mail, I don't like doing this every now and then, but I will give you my mail. My email is shalashmagadeh.gmail.com If you need us to talk further, I will personally respond to this particular mail. I won't give it to anybody. Send me mails. I'm a young man. I might have been used to correct even elders in the body. I take no glory for anything. This is just the word of God. It's something I need to keep listening to myself forever. The Bible says, consider yourself. Till we get to the finishing line, there's no champion yet. There's no champion yet. And the road is still far. I'm not only sharing, the power of God is here to help people. If you are listening to me this evening, don't let go of this message. Can you share with as many parts you can? And if it applies to you, pick up your phone, send a message to someone that you believe God has. God is there must be somebody in your life that can help you. You might not even be a pastor. Why don't you do that? Don't keep quiet. And if you have been molested by somebody in authority, it's time to speak up. Not to go out there to boss. Can you speak to someone else who can put that person in order and who can confront the person? May the Lord heal your hearts. People are being set free right now. I will respond to your message within 24 hours of you sending me the message. I pray unto him that is able to keep you from falling and keep me from falling, that we are kept in his power. Titus 2.11, the grace of God that brings salvation. I have never understood the kind of grace others are teaching now. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. The Bible says, teaching us to deny all ungodliness and worldly loss, that we might live soberly, righteously in this present world. Can you look at it? Go back again. Teaching us, deny ungodliness and worldly loss. Not tolerate it, deny it. Grace has come to help us stop worldly loss. Not to walk in it and say it does not matter. The grace that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. It has, it's doing a threefold work. It has appeared. Remember, say the Lord came through Moses, grace and truth. John chapter 1 came through Jesus Christ. And then the Bible said that grace is now doing something in the church right now. It's teaching us how to deny ungodliness and what they lost. And now to live soberly, righteously, and godly. The grace teaches us how to live godly, how to live soberly. Not to go around, you know, attend any part, go anywhere, say it doesn't matter. No, so live soberly, godly, and righteously. In this present world, this polluted world, this world where pornographic pictures are everywhere, where they even use porn for adverts now, people even used to promote their page and get followers. Over 1.8 million nude pictures being uploaded daily in America. 
the statistics says. Not talk of the whole world. Nigeria, we have no statistics. And that's what the Bible says. In the midst of this present world, grace teaches us to live godly, soberly, and righteously. Men and brethren, that is the grace of the Bible. Any other grace that doesn't teach us to live soberly, righteously, and godly is disgrace. A big one. In this present world, verse 13. Next verse. 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We are kept by His power. Someone is blessed this evening. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are addicted, you are free in Jesus' name. Masturbation, you are free in the name of Jesus Christ. The truth sets free. It doesn't only set free, it makes a man free. You are free in Jesus' name. Those who are almost falling, this message has restored many. Go back. Nowhere to draw the line and say no. You have self-control. Greater is it that is in you than the one that is in the world. I bless in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you.